Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is Monday, July 26, 2022. And so before we begin our objective work today, let's, as we do, come together to link as a group, part of the Triangles Worldwide Group, and sound together the Noontime Recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. The purpose of this weekly webinar is twofold, to introduce this work to people who are new to it, and to encourage them to form triangles, which can be done by placing your name in the chat box, and also to come together as a group for all of us who are already members of triangles to participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a daily visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform planetary consciousness. The work involves establishing a line of lighted loving communication between yourself and two other people and agree to do this every day. So the three people link together, visualizing a triangle of light mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity, then that triangle is placed within the larger framework of the planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded, a world prayer that is ideally suited to release the contacted energies through the etheric or energy body of the planet and into the minds and hearts of all people who are receptive to spiritual stimulation. This work need only take a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So those of you who are new, we welcome you to this work and we hope you will find this community to be something valuable um, for your spiritual life and more importantly for the life of humanity and the planet. And after our meditation today, we are graced with the presence of Eduardo Grimalia, again from Argentina, who will be talking to us about Leo and self-awareness, as the sun has now moved into that sign. And I also wanted to highlight that this Thursday, the Lucis Trust in New York will be hosting a new moon meditation, and that begins at 6 p.m. And we'll place the chat for that in the chat box. So we encourage those of you can to participate with us. And then we're also going to place in the chat box a link for a Facebook group um, that will be meeting tomorrow, Tuesday evening, um, Eastern Daylight Time at 8 p.m. where they will be posting a, posting a video on the seven rays. It's called Know Yourself seven rays of life it's an introduction to the seven rays which you then might like to share with people in your community so that they can have a brief introduction to the seven ray energies that compose each individual so now as we always do at this time let's work together with a meditative visualization So let's begin by visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within this sphere, visualize a triangle composed of the three primary planetary centers, the planetary head center, Shambhala, the planetary heart center, 
the spiritual hierarchy and the planetary throat center, humanity. And visualize the circulating energies in all directions, moving around the triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three centers and filling the triangle with light. And now superimpose upon that triangle a five-pointed star, the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating out from the center of the star through the five points. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups of people gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relationships, restoring peace on earth. Bridging towards the spiritual hierarchy, we sound the mantra. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need we reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. As most of you know, we are working with Leo energies at this time, and they present us with a real opportunity each year because this energy is the opposite energy to the incoming Aquarian age. And all opposites, esoterically speaking, must merge and blend, must take that which is good from each, rise above the challenges, and together create a whole which is greater than the sum of the two parts. That's the challenge now as we move into this new age. So not only are we bridging from Pisces 
to Aquarius. We're bridging between Aquarius and Leo. And we know that each month, the etheric field of the planet, the etheric energies in which we work with triangles are flooded by the energies of the opposite sign to what the sun, sun is in. So for example, now the etheric field of our earth is, is flooded with Aquarian energies. And therefore, that which is on the horizon of human consciousness, the Aquarian seventh ray energies are permeating our subtle bodies. And so it's an opportunity to take some rest as we do many people do during this time of year from our outer labors and consequently free our minds somewhat from the usual stresses and pressures and thereby become more receptive to these hovering etheric Aquarian energies and therefore caps a, capture a glimpse of perhaps some of those fleeting deep impressions that can become seeds for possible contributions to the unfolding plan. That's our opportunity. One of the primary qualities of the sign of Leo is, of course, alignment. For this quality is symbolized in its triple rulership by the sun, by that great star. To the ancient seers, Leo was known as the sign of the triple sun, the physical sun, the spiritual heart of the sun, and the divine central spiritual sun. This triple alignment of suns in Leo serves as a symbol of the long journey of the path, wherein the individual moves from the integration of the three lower vehicles by the mind and becomes, in the technical sense, a personality for the first time. This could be reflected in the stage of the physical sun. And then esoterically, when that integrated personality begins to fuse with the overshadowing soul, we could say that this is reflective of the heart of the sun, the spiritual sun. And then when that fused and blended soul aligned personality projects towards the higher mind, we could say that this is reflective of the divine, the coming in of the divine central spiritual sun. These three suns can be looked at in many other ways, of course. And cosmically, we could look at the alignment between our spiritual hierarchy, our sun, and the great star Sirius. For we're told that it is through the center hierarchy, not Shambhala, that this approach at the Leo festival to this great star takes place. So this festival of Leo, the Leo period, this whole month, therefore, offers the opportunity to achieve a higher point of contact than might normally be possible. The incoming Syrian energy is, we're told, under the jurisdiction of the Christ, the world teacher. Sirius emanates a powerful mental vibration an energy that's related to order, but to a sense of order that we cannot even begin to fathom. And it's through order that the quality of a true freedom, a type of cosmic understanding of that term becomes possible. But it said our planet has a deep karmic connection with this great overshadowing star and the world teacher himself is Syrian in nature. And therefore, these very qualities of divine order and freedom are qualities that we, under the leadership of the Christ, are in process of working out on this planet 
in a minuscule way. We're taking baby steps in our understanding of freedom. And certainly the Aquarian age with its keynotes of liberty, equality and brotherhood will do much to move us a few steps further along the path in the pursuit of order coupled with freedom. Freedom must, of course, also be coupled with a sense of responsibility. And we can see these impulses gaining a foothold within the people of the world at this time. People are thinking and acting outside the confines of their own lives and thinking about the good of people at large and of the planet as a whole. That's what triangles workers do as well. But people we know see freedom through many different lenses and it's confusing and it's interesting therefore to ponder order, a potent quality of the seventh ray and what an approximation of divine order might really look like. Surely it would be an outgrowth of a higher and more responsible consciousness working out in the people. Today we see a distorted manifestation of order attempting to impose itself through controls which are seeking to arrest human freedoms and which are igniting a backlash among the peoples of the world. Divine order and freedom are qualities that we don't understand as they are said to substand the very quality of life itself. But nonetheless, they are destined to be keynotes of our planetary life. So it behooves us to ponder divine order and freedom. Always the lower manifestation of divine ideas work out first. But under the impouring energies of the Leo Aquarius axis, the present attempts at controls, which are a false reflection of order and freedom, will not be successful in the long run as they are contrary to the human spirit, to the destiny of planet Earth. So let us play our part in providing a collective channel through our Triangles Network to allow for an influx of this energy of freedom to circulate through the group and into all open open hearts and minds everywhere. So let's now work with our meditation. Coming together, integrating as a group. Standing together at the center of the evened arm cross of discipleship. linking as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles Meditation Group. And as a group, we project a strand of lighted energy towards the highest center, Shambhala, and sound together the affirmation of the will In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. 
Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands at the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Precipitation. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, and establishing right human relationships. Linking together as a worldwide group, we sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. 
Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone, and welcome, Eduardo. Hi, Kathy. Hey. Thank you. Thank you for a wonderful introduction and meditation. Thank you. And mm. um, now you can share your screen, I believe. I hope I didn't do this. I hope so. I'll try to share my screen. Okay, here we are. Okay. okay. Oops. Let me get this out of here. Okay. Okay. Hello, everyone. Uh, some thoughts about Leo. 
when the universe is seen as a living organism, it becomes easier to understand that the motions of the celestial bodies, cyclic by nature, condition and have an influence on all kingdoms in nature. The planets, stars and constellations to which we attribute some astrological influence upon human affairs are living beings subject to a cyclic return just as a human being. They have a soul, they have a personality that in their own way lives and dies. They're pursuing their own evolutionary paths. They have their own inner natures, their own notes, their presence and position having therefore a definite influence on all else in space. So all stars and planets, what a wonderful picture, isn't it? are conscious beings and therefore have their own rain nature, their own sound within the harmony of the, of, of the spheres. This is perhaps the reason why astrology is so helpful to understand the different types of energies and influences acting on all kingdoms. The Tibetan once called astrology the greatest and oldest of all sciences, to which he added that this science must be restored to its original beauty. Essentially, he said, astrology is the purest presentation of occult truth at this time. And, the, and all these viewpoints concur with HPB's, Blavatsky's extreme and curious statement that ancient astrology was as far above modern astrology as the zodiacal signs on the planets are above the street lampposts. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> it's, it's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> so millennia, what's the conclusion? That millennia of astrological study have but only revealed its outer garments, though it seems that the astrology of the soul is yet to come. We will be working with the energies of Leo this month. In the zodiac, according to HPV, one of the deepest mysteries of this universe, note that, we find inscribed the whole story of the human beings as well as that of the spiritual disciple. After the mass experience of cancer comes the self-consciousness of Leo. These seem to be two important chapters of the story of the incarnated human soul. So let us give some thought to this sign as we approach the coming full moon. As the word cosmos means in Greek, both order and beauty, we're not surprised to hear that many secrets are found in numbers. God geometrizes in this universe in, in some mysterious way made up of numbers. Numbers reveal an important triangle of energies of which Leo is one point. Leo is the fifth sign and in some way related to Capricorn, the 10th sign we're told, being as it were a middle point between the emergence in, in the first time Aries and the summit of initiation in Capricorn. And another numerical relationships, relationship emerges when we compare Leo with the eighth sign, Scorpio. Leo, the fifth sign of the zodiac, counting from Aries via Taurus, is also the eighth sign, counting from Aries via Pisces. An eight is the number of the Christ or the indwelling reality, we are told. Esoteric astrology is essentially a science of triangles. And we have here a triangular combination of energies of Leo, Scorpio and Capricorn involving the human experience and indicating three important crisis points in the unfolding of consciousness. First, the unity of a self-conscious and integrated personality, Leo. I hope we understand what integrated personality is. It's, it, it, it doesn't mean to be driven by desire. It's, uh, it's another thing. You have 
in some way you have explained that in, in the introduction, Kathy. Second, the, the consciousness of duality, the disciple has to face Scorpio. And finally, the third point of the triangle, the group consciousness of the initiate, Capricorn. Ca can we see that uh, how these three signs indicate this path from intense self-awareness to the point at which the personality begins to be recognized as an instrument of the soul, thus experiencing a deep sense of duality, the duality of discipleship. As soon as the burning ground of Scorpio is trodden and the hydra is conquered by being lifted up in the air, the mountain of initiation is seen where a whole transfiguration of the human being takes place. In astrology, each sign is said to be ruled by a planet or a star, which is found to of so congenial a nature to that sign that it acts as its transmitter and messenger as it moves through the zodiac. So in astrology, each sign has a lord or ruler in the planet governing that sign. So, so that the sign especially related to any planet is termed the house of that planet, referring, of course, to the sign of the zodiac. And Leo is ruled by the sun at all levels, exoteric, esoteric, and hierarchical. This means that this star, which is the center of our solar system, can be considered to take care of the affairs of this sign at all levels that of the ordinary human being identified with form, that of the spiritual disciple who has become conscious of her or his soul, and that of the initiate who works within the ranks of the spiritual hierarchy. The sun is considered to be the source of physical consciousness, soul awareness, and spiritual life. And this is what you were talking about, Kathy, when you, you mentioned the physical sun, the heart of the sun, and the central spiritual sun, three aspects of the nature of that great being who is the center of our solar system, in the same way as we human being, as the human being is considered to be a personality, a soul, and a spirit. In turn, the heart of the sun, its soul, so to say, employs the planet Neptune as its agent, and the central spiritual sun pours its energies through the planet Uranus. In this way, this triangle of planets corresponds to the triangle Leo, Scorpio, and Capricorn we mentioned before. The visible sun influences the personality life, while the heart of the sun gives birth to the Christ born within the cave of the heart, thus ushering in the stage of discipleship. When that other self behind the personal identity is unveiled and the influences of the spiritual planet Neptune are failed, when the sixth ray planet Neptune is active, the emotion desire of the personality is transmuted into love aspiration and the entire sensitive nature becomes responsive to the energies coming from the heart of the sun. Such a beautiful picture, isn't it? Even if we do not understand its details, we gather that we are gradually becoming responsive to subtler and more impersonal energies. And what we thought was the self begins to be recognized as an instrument of the real self, the soul. If the sun, if the sun stands for, for full self-consciousness, Neptune is that mystical consciousness, that sensitivity which leads to a higher vision and eventually this sensitivity will be replaced by a higher type the consciousness of uranus which will enable the human being to perform real magic on the physical plane but this path in consciousness is within ourselves through uranus we see the intimate connection between leo and its opposite sign, Aquarius. Because, you know, the planets, the planets are the vitalizing centers in each nativity, each sky map. 
Therefore, it is necessary to, to know the special influence of each planet and the nature of their vibrations in each sign. And through Uranus, we see this intimate connection between Leo and Aquarius. We may picture it in our minds as a constant and never-ending flow of energy between these two signs, Leo and Aquarius, the sign of a new age. Uranus is said to exoterically rule Aquarius. Therefore, its influence is lessened, is diminished in Leo, the opposite sign. It is as if Leo were its less congenial nature. We could think of it as a house or a place in the sky where Uranus feels not at home, sort of uncomfortable, not welcome as it were. But the Tibetan gives a highly and more esoteric explanation for this. Far better than the traditional one. He says, the power of the mind as symbolized by Uranus is lessened for it is not the mind which is in control, uh, but the self, the soul, soul using and controlling the mind. Conversely, the power of the sun, the ruler of Leo is diminished in Aquarius where the light of the personality is put out, dimmed, so to say, by the light of the, of the subjective sun influencing the soul. This is another way of saying that in Leo, the center of consciousness is oneself, while in Aquarius, the disciple becomes outgoing and pours the water of life into the human world, thus becoming a world server. Uh, we once said that Hercules, uh, whom we call the greatest hero of all Greek heroes. I don't know why two pictures do not turn up, but never mind. <laughs> uh, is a symbol of a disciple who performs tasks and undergoes tests in its training. Hercules is a solar myth, we said, namely a narrative, which we can in some way relate by analogy with the path of the sun through the heavens. He represents one of those sun gods who are struggling with the problems that will draw out the full powers of the soul. In other words, he proceeds through each gate as the sun is seen to move through the zodiac, each sign bringing in a new challenge to overcome until he becomes a full-grown initiate. Hercules fights animals. I don't know why the images are not appearing. Uh, I'm going to uh, turn off the PowerPoint and uh, open it again, Kathy. Sure. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, let me open it again. Yeah. Okay. There we are. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there we are. I think we can see here the Nemean life. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you know, these technical things that turn up always. Okay. So we were at the cave. So Hercules must fight animals that have some extraordinary attribute that makes them exceptionally difficult to overcome. In Leo, he faces the killing of a Nemean lion. A few words about this task will help us understand Leo's challenge a bit more. The lion is said to be invulnerable to wounds and its skin cannot be pierced by arrows or sword. The cave in which the lion is found has two openings, one leading into a dark corridor, the other into the light of day. Heracles blocks one of the entrances with piles of sticks and then faces the lions. So he chokes the lion to death with bare hands and then uses its own claws to skin it. And after he has skinned the beast, he takes the lion's skin as his cloak. And this becomes his most recognizable attribute and art. 
Hercule normally carries his club and wears his lion skin cloak, and the cloak is often shown with Heracles' face looking out from between the lion's jaws. So the lion's head becomes the hood of his cloak. But this time, just as he would do in Scorpio, he will not use his God-given club, but his bare hands, which I find a beautiful symbol of a disciple finally cutting out the root of evil. And this he must do by himself without any external help. So what does the Numean lion symbolize? It symbolizes, according to what we have said, the powerful personality running wild and devastating the environment when an integration of the forces that constitute the personality has been attained, the human being often becomes a difficult and trying person, one of those strongly oriented personalities who devastate our human environment. And I wonder how many politicians are found within this category. Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> this, this seems to be a necessary stage in our human development. As for the cave with two entrances, the Tibetan gives us a highly interesting interpretation. The cave is a symbol of the pituitary body and endocrine gland closely associated with the spiritual awakening. This gland has two lobes symbolizing both openings of the cave, one of which the disciple must close before the higher mind can take control of the personality. He must use the opening which leads to the light, to a selfless light. In astrological terms, the disciple must discover the way out of the dramatic center. He must attune himself with the state of conscience, consciousness represented by those two planets, Neptune and Uranus, which the sun is said to veil. Can we see what this means? Behind self-awareness and personal identity lies the way out of the labyrinth of form, the path to the kingdom of God. When the line of the personality has been tamed, conquered, and skinned, we see Hercules, the spiritual disciple, wearing it as a cloak. Uh, it, it has become his vesture, his clothing, and his real face, is seen looking out from between the lion's jaws. The real self now shines through the personality and he's now a center of peace because he has conquered his own monsters. And this can only take place when the disciple has moved from that dramatic center signified by the physical sun and has become receptive to the soul influences of the heart of the sun channeled through the planet Neptune. After what is technically called the third initiation, he or she will be ready to become receptive to the energies of the central spiritual sun, represented by the planet Uranus, also the ruler of Aquarius. At this stage, he becomes a magician, an occultist. So this shift from personal identity to a higher identification lies in the heart of several ancient mantras, by the way such as many people know that mantra, Soham, which means I am that, Tat Vamasi, or you are that, or Tat Brahman Asmi, or I am that Brahman. And the disciple immediately adds Tat Karma Asmi, I am the work, thus alluding to this commitment to help in furthering the plan as a result of his change in polarization. And curiously, these mantras have a close resemblance with Leo's keynote and with which we will be working as we approach the full moon period. I am that and that I, am I. And let us not forget that the universal and group energies of Aquarius are also activated given the interplay of energies between these two opposite signs. You, you have spoken about that, Kat. So one just one final thought about astrology in general as we move into the aquarian age we can expect that a further revelation on astrology will someday become possible mainly being aquarius sign related to the etheric web of the planet to universal brotherhood to freedom and to astrology itself in some way astrology will eventually be restored to its original beauty the tibetans said 
And in turn, Blavatsky said, the time is coming when astrology will recover its ancient dignity as sublime science. We're also told in esoteric astrology that new teachings on astrology, among other, other subjects, will come after 2025, which seems to be a crucial year. And it is just round the corner, isn't it? According to the Tibetan, the new astrology will deal with significance and meaning, in other words, with inner causes. This is why it is said to be esoteric. So let us all work together with those energies of Leo this month. And thank you for letting me share these thoughts with you. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eduardo. That was such a rich and full sharing. Um, it's interesting, just this morning I was listening to a, um, a video about the life of Linus Pauling, a great chemist and Nobel Prize laureate. And they, they asked him, uh, his grandson actually asked him about, well, Grandpa, what about astrology? And I thought, oh, this is interesting. And uh, Linus Pauling said, well, in the ancient days, astrology was a very serious subject. But today, it's best avoided. <laughs> so I guess he, <laughs> I guess he agreed yeah, with the really. esoteric view. <laughs> yeah. So and, and sometimes I wonder what uh, both Tibetan and HPB means by ancient astrology. Surely not the astrology we find on manuscripts, which is all already a, a copy of a copy of that ancient astrology. So I wonder what that really means, ancient astrology, which was supposed to be so esoteric. Yeah, it's probably a more cosmic than not, not necessarily astrology from our even our planet, wouldn't you think like because it is, it's a cosmic science so they know, they must know about its recesses back in time before anything that we know about. Yeah, so we must assume that there was a time a golden age in which astrology was known and practiced in, in that way. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I would think it doesn't even have to be on our planet, you know, it's from oh, that's interesting. other planets because <laughs> it's cosmic in nature, right? So, I mean, yeah, that's right, because we what we call astrology is our translation of, of, of those influences we, we try to understand and decode, but the, 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 the mere fact, and I go back to that idea that planets and stars are, are, are beings are they, yeah. they have consciousness so they have their own notes so yeah. their 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 mere presence in space have their own influence it's its own influence they yeah. um so so uh, what a thought is that yeah because uh, it said that the astrology that we have today came from atlantis and so you know, we know that we have to move beyond it as you, you're a translator of some of those ancient texts of which you just spoke and, and you're conveying here that they're still very materially oriented right as far as you, your understanding. Yeah, it has become so materially oriented and accuracy seen in terms of material prediction events, but yeah. I think uh, esoteric astrology is about something very different than that. And I think the clue is in the fact that if we consider those regions of a planet, their, their inner nature, uh, so we're talking about a soul astrology. Yeah. And, and, and how could that be implemented on Earth? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the challenge, right? It's, it's easy, perhaps, when we speak of the cosmic implications of astrology, but we are also, you know, interested in understanding human psychology. And so we have to somehow find the means whereby we can aid people in the process of understanding themselves and their dharma. And that involves horoscopes, of course. And the Tibetan has indicated that we have to move yeah. into a new, a new type of horoscope. Yeah, and imagine how many influences unaccounted for we will have to take into account. You were talking about Sirius, for instance, and imagine 
other stars they they must have an influence they 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 have their own natures uh, we're just considering the 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 lesser part the zodiac the a few constellations and you know blavatsky said how many planets unaccounted for there are in the solar system solar system that maybe some planets which have not reached manifestation yet they're still uh yeah. etheric some planets such as the moon as we have yeah. said that that doesn't have a real influence except uh the result of a thought form an that's a very real form. that is a very real influence though and unfortunately you know that yeah that lunar and, influence yeah and, and sometimes it is strongly felt isn't it yes mm. Yeah, whatever was, it was, is, it is strongly felt. Yeah. It is. But I was yeah. just reading, interestingly, a, a, a point in White Magic, which I had forgotten, um, where he said that there are two other planets, which just like what you just said, they're decaying, like the moon is, only they're no yeah. longer visible. I think they've moved mm. into their just their astral bodies. And he said that these two planets are very nefarious in nature, and they're having a lot of impact upon humanity but lessening you know just like the moon is lessening in its influence so are these two planets but um yeah they're they're not even visible to the naked eye but he also says which was more interesting that there's another planet that's coming into manifestation it's on the evolutionary path and that this planet is very related to um the great lives. Um, I forget if it was serious. I think it was. Maybe it yeah, was I think serious. It was, I think it was serious, right? It's yeah, like, serious. And HPB uh, also mentions uh, uh, a Raja star behind Jupiter. And, yeah. and, and do you think those nefarious planets you mentioned have, have to do with uh, so-called cosmic evil? Um, I don't know. I mean, they are in our solar system, so they're more like Maybe we could project systemic evil, but um, the other one is more important to us. <laughs> and he says it's, he, he <laughs> says course. it is related to it's very related to the Aquarian age, so it will come in more powerfully. But since okay. we only have a, a, few, a short time left, we should open it up. Um, yeah, uh, someone is, has raised yeah, his hand. Joshua. 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 Okay. Hello, Joshua. I I think I remember that passage you were talking about, Kathy. Uh, he, as far as I can recall, it wasn't about cosmic evil, and he even said that the the use of those two planets that are fading away, one had to do with with sexuality and sexual yeah. perversions, and the other one had to do with uh, cruelty. But he yeah. said actually, in the past of humanity, those the We're energy had, had well, no, no, yeah. that they actually had a a somewhat positive anyway use. Oh, yeah, uh, in the development yeah. of certain aspects of consciousness in in the history, probably the far history of humanity, but now they're mostly negative. Yeah, I, I thought he also said they were pretty negative in the past as well. I mean, sure they posit had positive qualities, but uh, I think they were pretty negative anyway. Um, okay, thank you. Uh, uh, let's see the chat and there's. Uh... Yeah, you could. Uh, there's another um, hand raised from John. Okay. Thank you, Thank you Eduardo. Kathy, wonderful talk. Very exciting. Uh, regarding the ancient past and some of the roles there. I can't really hear you, John. I'm, I'm in the, the middle. Can't really hear you. John, are you there? Yeah, I think he's he might be outside, so can't really hear you, John. So I'm going to mute him. So here maybe, in the chat, someone said, "Decay said in the race and the initiations that most human beings choose the higher way to Sirius on the fourth path." He also yes. said that Sanat Kumara is not related to Sirius, right, and is not on that path. But that Lucifer is. How yeah. do you interpret those two statements? <laughs> well, you, remember that we talked a little about Lucifer. That that was the name of Venus, right? When when he was uh, a morning riser, 
um, uh, Lucifer means uh, is is one of the according to the secret doctrine is one of the biggest mysteries uh, because it has to do with the fallen mystery of the fallen angels that um, a time uh, so-called Lemurian epoch when the the and the division of sexes and 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 all that uh, that point in individual the crisis of individualization one of the greatest mysteries uh and uh it literally means the the bearer of light light bearer and curiously enough the the greek word for that is phosphorus um there it's 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 a very difficult mystery to explain lucifer but uh it is said to be one of the the most important agents in human evolution and human consciousness according to the secret doctrine often um the christ is referred to or related very much to venus whereas the buddha is related to mercury and so i think in the context of that quote of that fourth path the tibetan might be referring to the christ or the world teacher because we are told he's a syrian initiate and so he is on yeah. the path although our logos as the quote said is is on the path of planetary logos so it's a it's different but um, of course the christ is working on that path so. hmm. i think we've run out of time kathy oh well if there's a couple more we can extend just a, a little oh. bit if there's any quotes you'd like to address um this, uh, someone said the sun and the planets are also evolved like humans and if so the soul of the sun of the planets have another sign of their soul and maybe other than those mentioned uh, um, uh, someone isabel said regulus leo's alpha or brightest star transmit the law transmits the law from sirius and said decay in esoteric astrology so the energy of regulus is inspiring true order well what an energy that of leo isn't it mm. yes so and, and, and Kathy, how do you interpret that of um neptune being veiled by the sun i mean i i think that the experience of of, of losing the tides of of the personal self leads you to yeah. that neptunian yes. influence doesn't it yeah i thought the way you you um, expressed it was was very clear yeah i mean i i guess that it's whenever i think of a veiling it's it's a protective measure you know, for for those individuals who cannot cannot yet withstand uh, the potency of an unveiled planet, and um, so you would think that when it stands within the heart of the sun, the intense magnification of the energy of that point of that Neptune there needs to be veiled because it's so intensely magnified, and therefore it can only be unveiled when. The soul is the conditioning factor in the life, and then on into the Uranian energies of pure electric yeah. fire. So, yeah, I think I think it's a protective measure, obviously, but <clears throat> there's sure, certainly many other understandings to it as well. Yeah, I think in the introduction you explained it so well. When when the when that bridge, the Andakarana, is is built, then you have access to to that. Uh, higher mind which is one of the, the lower extreme of the spiritual triad and then the energies of uranus uh are well are contacted so to say yeah yeah you wonder about well anyway i shouldn't really get into it now but anyway we should probably end but thank you so much eduardo uh, oh, thank that you, was so, such a deep sharing it's, for the group. it's always a joy to be here well, we'll have you back soon, hopefully. Um, all right. Well, everybody um, will join in saying thank you so much. And let's just close by linking with the Worldwide Triangles Network, surrounded by radiant 
glowing golden triangles. And we sound the Om. Thank you, everyone.